amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Views and opinions of any of the guests of After Hours AM are not necessarily the views and opinions of After Hours AM, its hosts, its staff, or any of its affiliates. Broadcasting live from the After Hours AM studio, Joel Sturgis and Eric After hours AM, everybody, it has been a heck of a day, man. It has just been crazy, crazy, crazy. Got some great programming news right at the top. Jeff Mudgett will be joining us the 12th of July to talk about his new show on History Channel, American Ripper. Just got off the phone with him about an hour ago, getting that all sheared up, getting him to come on after the premiere so he can give us the down and dirty, Eric. The down and dirty. We'll be divulging it. By the way, you have not identified yourself. I have friend. not. I, it's been one of the, like I said, just hectic as all hell around here. I'm Joel Sturgis, like always, like even last night, even the hateful emails that we've been receiving about last night's show, by the way, that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. Yes. What, pray tell? Well, you know, we talked about Charles Lindbergh possibly murdering his own child. It was a theory. Uh, it's a theory, uh, guys. We did not say old Chuck was killing anybody. We so we said, still have defenders. We still uh, had defenders. A hundred years, a hundred later, years later, they're like, I knew Charles. He would never do a thing like that. And I mean, it was hateful, man. It was hateful. It made me cry for like a second. And I'm like, just wait a minute. because this guy has bad enough body odor <laughs> that he's going to get in an airplane and cross the Atlantic by himself, 
does not mean he's a swell guy. No, it does not. Nazi. He was one. investigated for that. Eric yes. first. Allegedly, Eric. Dude. Allegedly, I don't want more emails. He had another Shh. family in Germany, and he probably killed his own son. Eric. Eric. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't want any more emails, allegedly. man. Allegedly. Oh, you know, Throw that in there. Our attorneys tell us to say allegedly. 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 Dead. Long dead. <laughs> Long dead, but evidently there are family members out there that we must have touched a nerve with. So there again, it wasn't really our theory. It was his. So, Well, tonight we got a great show on tap, though. We're, we're doing what we do best tonight. Not true crime, but we're going into the paranormal wheelhouse, man. And we got two of... Uh, well, good friends of mine, uh, great guys, two brothers from other mothers right here with us. Number one, we have Abe Del Rio, man. Remember, I went squatching with Abe, and it was quite the experience. I got to say, I was honored to go with him. He, he kind of, you know, grabbed me and said, hey, you know, let's go. And he welcomed me into the Bigfoot family, so to speak. And really, I've been learning a lot from Abe as we're going here. And, you know, like we used to say, you know, until you do it, don't knock it. And I went out there and actually did it this time. And we <laughs> no will talk intended. about it. Exactly. No pun intended. And then we have from the Reamer Chamber of Commerce, Mark Rubiak is on the show with us again. Last year, he was on, of course, for Bigfoot Days. First annuals last year. Now, mark your calendars. July 7th and 8th in Reamer, Minnesota. Yeah, you can go. You can go check out Bigfoot Days. The home of Bigfoot. That's right. The big hairy man is there in Reamer, and so are some really, really awesome people. So without any further ado, Mark and Abe, hey guys, welcome to After Hours. Hey, Joe. Good to, good to talk with you again. Yeah, it's, it's, hey, it's been a while. Joe and Eric, how are you guys doing? Well, we're holding we up the best we can. We and we <laughs> thumbs down to Charles Lindbergh. <laughs> Man, you're still are you still on that, man? You're still on that now. You haven't yeah, let sure that go those yet. People, man. I, I hear you. I, I do. I do. I, I hear you. I feel your pain, Eric. I thank you. I, I feel it. I, I firmly feel it. But what we need to hear about is your weekend trip. And I would love to hear it from your novice perspective. And well, yeah. uh, now, did both Mark and Abe go? or just No, Abe? it was me and Abe. And uh, see, now, I am definitely a novice. And I told that to Abe right up front. He'll tell you that. I said, hey, man, this is not, I've never done this before. This is all new to me. Because, hey, there's no sense in saying, yeah, I've hunted Bigfoot lots. No sense in even saying that to someone as seasoned as Abe is. 17 years in the field. Eric, I got to tell you, we were knocking more than trees. His knees were knocking. <laughs> they were a little bit. They, they were just a little bit. I, I got to say, we saw some strange things, some pretty cool things. And uh, really, though, <laughs> uh, before I get into that, I got to give a big shout out to the folks in Reamer that were so warm and so welcoming to me. Everyone from the Rusty Bucket to the hotel over there, Steve Williams over there, everybody was warm and welcoming. Uh, really, I, I wasn't, didn't know what to expect because small towns are one of two ways. Either they accept you or they're like, you're not from here. Get the hell out of here. Guys, you get a chance to go to Reamer. You're going to love it. The people make the trip well, worth Joe, it. Yeah, when we, one of the things about us is when you come to come to town and they're talking Bigfoot and able vouch for this, if you're talking Bigfoot and looking for Bigfoot, there's no better area to come to with the deep, dark swamps that we have. And 
you'll have a blast here. And if you're coming here and talking Bigfoot and looking, even if you're a novice, the people are going to just flock to you and help you out and talk to you about stories and events and, and all kinds of things. So it's a, it's a perfect place to come. Well, it did help us walking the streets of Reamer with Jesus pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was because everybody, everybody in that town was stopping no Abe. It was like walking <laughs> Nazareth was Jesus. It was like, uh, you know, wow. This, loves this is mean, what it's like to walk mean. in Graceland with Elvis. This must be what it must have been <laughs> like. Oh, I thought you were talking literally about Jesus. No, they they really, now the folk, fine folks of uh, Reamer really, he is one of Reamer's sons. Really, he yeah. is. <laughs> Abe really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And, and when you know, we showed up there. He's yeah, Mark. Go ahead, man. Take it away. He's I mean, really, yeah. I mean, he's been uh, arm in arm with us early on through this whole discovery phase, and even before we we became, we realized that hey, this is the the center of of everything. And early on, when we started to touch base with the uh, the guys from Finding Bigfoot and and talking about hey, this is it, and Abe was there through all that, and people got to know him before any of the any of the cast and crew and everything else so people recognize him when he comes back to town it's fun to grab him and say hey i saw this or i heard this or what have you heard and seen in the last few months since i saw you last so yeah it's it's great it's a great community now and it's not just our community but it's amazing that people that we've had in our little town from across the u.s talking about watching yes you know and it is a little town and I, I i thank you for the nice words there mark um i, I love reamer i love going up the reamer and it, like you mentioned it is a little town but it's the hearts that are so big in that community that makes it such a warming community um to come to i i i, I can't get enough to it yeah well thinking about coming up there to, again this this weekend, Dave? Are you are you talking? I, I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking so. Yeah, I, I mean, really. You know, Saturday, I, I just might and, come up there for the day and show the little lady around and say, "Hey, what's going Joe, on?" You know, and Eric, the the other cool thing, and I know Joel, you've been here, but Eric, you haven't. But every store and every restaurant and every place you walk into, there's something Bigfoot. You know, there's, you walk into the Woodsman restaurant, there's Bigfoot hash browns. You know, you go into the grocery store and there's Bigfoot fudge and Bigfoot chocolates and t-shirts. And, and, you know, the whole town is just, is jacked about Bigfoot. You go into the ice cube and they have silver medallions that came from Canada and they have a tiny little Bigfoot stamped into them at the bottom. So it's just, it, you know, everybody has a story or an affection or both for Bigfoot. And a lot of sightings. Let's not forget that. Oh, my uh, Lord. You know, yeah. a lot of sightings. Now, um, I've been to a lot of small towns that have had claim to fame of this creature or that creature. Um, Reamer, though, is different because these people all have stories. It wasn't just one or two people. Everybody had well, he- some type of story. 
Yeah, and it's been amazing in the last year what has come out. In fact, Abe, uh, I called Abe about two months ago because one of our nearby resort owners had some people that were coming to stay at their resort that wanted to go out and look for Bigfoot. And so I quickly called Abe, and he took the people out to hunt for Bigfoot. And just tonight, I was talking to one of the other resort owners the owners of Balsam Bay right here on Big Sand. And they said they had a couple of weeks ago, some people stay at their resort and they had a, the owners of the resort had a trail camera out because they had had a bear coming in and tearing up the garbage. Mm -hmm. And they pulled the trail camera the next morning and lo and behold, here are these two ladies out at 2 a.m., with a flashlight walking through the woods, looking and listening for Bigfoot. And so <laughs> it is just amazing that, I mean, and, and able vouch and Joel, you were, will too, that this is absolutely the perfect area and environment to go look for Bigfoot because I mean, the woods are so dense in the swamps and yeah. the different areas that we have. And, and it, you know, it, you're going to go out there and half the time you're out there, you're going to hear or see or find something related to Bigfoot. Yeah. I, I have to say that the terrain is, uh, yeah, it's squatchy, man. It's squatchy. <laughs> I mean, it just screams <laughs> squatch when, you, when you're out there and about. And I was, okay, getting to my story now, because I know Eric had asked, well, what a novice point of view is. I showed up. I really brought myself tent food. You know, not I didn't know not know what to expect. This is my first time on a, a <laughs> expedition like this. I had gone looking for lake monsters. I had gone done this. I had gone done that because Peppy, of course, the lake monster. I've gone with Chad Lewis doing that in the past. So I thought, well, you know, we're not going to be a boat, so we don't have the comfort of being able to run away really fast should we find one. And of course, Abe, that was in the back of my head the whole time. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do when you when, when we find this thing? And let's just be honest, you could outrun me in a New York minute. I would be so screwed. I'm thinking, oh crap, man, he's so gonna feed me to Bigfoot and film it. That's what he's gonna do. I just know it. <laughs> but no, as long as your socks stay dry, <laughs> yeah, you did a good job. So, um, we I get there, and Abe has already you know set up his portion of the camp, and I show up, and and, and we start talking a little bit. And, I, and again, I am as novice as novice comes. I I will not pretend to know a whole lot about Bigfoot, although I am eager to learn. And if someone's now, was eager this to a learn, glamping trip, by the way, it was a camping and was uh, it a glamping? What's trip? glamping? I guess you got to explain what glamping is. Glamour camping. Oh no, there was no glamour involved here, man. There, there, there is really no glamour involved. <laughs> um, it, it was uh, really as thick as Marcus say in the woods. I was actually yeah. a little shocked how thick they were. Uh, you, you know, and so when I got into it, in fact, my poor truck sustained a boo-boo, uh, which my friends and I affectionately call my, my badge of honor <laughs> because you're not a true Squatch hunter until you bend where there's no road. And we were, Abe, where there was no road. Even though your little GPS said there was a road, sir, that was not a road. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm sticking to the GPS, and I showed you myself, and you're like, oh, okay, well, let's give it a try. But nonetheless, you're, you put your truck's a trooper, and it went through initiation just fine. It did Except the bumper. Except the bumper that we had uh, to me some duct tape on. <laughs> that is all. And, and thank God we limped ourselves into Reamer. Which most, like most small towns, mine included, things kind of pack up about after nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it's hard to find like a, uh, there's no Walmart that's open in Reamer. But thankfully, we found a Cynic station that was open and we bought, you know, I can't believe I paid $3 for a small roll of duct tape. But there I was buying $3 roll of duct tape. Ouch, still hurts a little bit. <laughs> but that notwithstanding, um, I did not know what to expect. Now, the thing that freaked me out now, before we were betting down for that night, because I always stayed the one night, I had to get back because I had some stuff going on, the trail cam started going off. And I don't know what was making that trail cam go off, but you couldn't pay me a million dollars to get out and check. <laughs> the, 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 you, you could not have... Abe could have yelled at me and said, I got a million bucks if you want to get out. No, I would have said no. And I was terrified for a split second because it was really just going off as trail cam. I was thinking, oh, crap. Here, oh, man, I just know it. Oh, hopefully he doesn't, hopefully he's not friends with those damn anal probing aliens. God, I'm scared right now. Well, nothing happened, of course, but it was the moment. It's that moment that you live for, that little bit of adrenaline rush. The what might be out there. And Eric, long story short, I want to learn more. I've kind of got bitten by the Bigfoot bug here, and I want to learn more. That's well, my you said novice. you heard some um, some tree knocking, so that yeah, sounds we like heard evidence stuff, to me. And then, well, now, see, now, Abe now, he has a story of his own that I found to be quite, if you're willing to tell it, Abe, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but it was quite compelling. And uh, it made me think twice. Uh, well, refresh my memory. I got doing this for 17 years now. What kind of story? <laughs> oh, you're enjoying your <laughs> s'mores, remember? And you ended up in the ER. Oh, yes, yes. All right. So, I, we, you know, prior to Joe coming there, uh, I got up in Reamer Wednesday night uh, with a couple who recently had a sighting on Leech Lake there in Minnesota. Um, and they wanted to, you know, come out and see what it is that I do. So they were with me Wednesday night. They spent the night out in the field with me. Thursday, they showed back up and uh, hung around for a little while and just got done cooking some steaks, and I was on the dessert. I was on my second s'more at that time, standing and just talking, having a great time, feeling good all the way up till then, out of nowhere, this is odd. Out of nowhere, I feel it's just like, bam. I'm like, whoa, I felt a pain in my chest. And then it happened again. I was like, whoa, what the heck? It was the next, the next pain was just a little bit higher than the, the first one. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, something's going on. So, you know, I, I kind of play into it a little bit, but I'm, I'm keeping my focus and whatnot. I'm like what's the, like, and they're asking me what's going on. I said, "What's going on?" I said, "You know, I just got a pain in my chest. I'm starting to think what's going on. You know, I thought it was something, you know, going on with a personal family member. I called a couple people that turned out to be okay. I'm like, okay, what the heck is going on? Um, 
I had the symptoms of a panic attack, rapid heartbeat. I had, my hands were cold from my waist down. My legs were shaking. Um, and I, and I, I was just like disoriented a little bit, kind of confused, which is really weird. This is the first time it's happened to me. But so during this whole episode that I'm having, the couple that I'm with, hear two whoops from across the lake and they're both were in higher tone, but one higher than the other, if that makes any sense. So I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I totally can't relate this to Bigfoot, but people have, they call this infrasound. Excuse me. Now <laughs> what infrasound is, it's a uh, sound wave. Was that the, was that, that infrasound was, right there? <laughs> what infrasound is? It's a sound wave that's below human hearing range that gives you that effect that you are having. Uh, you get to say sometimes it can totally disorient you. Uh, it could actually make you nauseous. I did feel a little nauseous, as a matter of fact. Now that uh, thinking back, makes you nauseous. Um, it, it's not a good ordeal, and the government knows about this as well, and they have done studies about this on crowd control. So it is a known thing. Great cats use it. Elephants use it. Crocodiles use it. It is the thing uh, that African cats use, too. So it is out there. It's a real thing, and I'm feeling this. Now, from doing this for 17 years and, and knowing a lot of people in the Bigfoot community, they call it, uh, well, they have the same they think that Bigfoot could possibly have the ability to project infrasound to get you disoriented or as a way as get you out of an area. Now, was I targeted? I, I Now, this is all speculative thought here. I'm not saying for sure or, or yay or nay about this, but was I being targeted by a male or a female that was on our side um, that targeted me because I was the bigger, I am the bigger one that was there in the group. They wanted to take the head guy out and, um, it worked. They, it made me leave. I went to the emergency room, got checked out. EKGs were immaculate. Blood pressure was just fine. It, I had a full blown panic attack and I had no idea why I played every possibility in my mind. Why, uh, something like that would occur. Um, can I say it was done by a Bigfoot? I wish I could. Can I say it wasn't? Uh, I can't rule that out either. But it was a strange occurrence. So uh, here I come, and Abe looks at me and says, oh, yeah, by the way, I think I was attacked last night. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's making me feel great already. I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe I should get back in the truck here. You know, Abe, hey, man, g- good hunting, and I will talk to you later. What do you mean you're attacked? And they, he relayed that story to me. But, yeah, when we, I did hear some knocking. Uh, we did come across some evidence of Bigfoot. We, we, uh, that trap that we found that was made, uh, well, by best guesses, by a Bigfoot, because no natural way that that, I want to say it was a motion trap, Abe. What, you had a name for that trap and what it does. It's an arch formation. And what it does is, uh, what an arch formation is, is, is believe that, well, um, well, a Bigfoot will bend a tree and pin it down by other debris or actually bury the tip, some, a part of the tip of the branches into the ground 
or weave it in with other things uh, to keep it from springing back up. It's not a trap in any way, shape, or form. Like, I think why you call it a trap, because it almost resembles a snare of something. It kind of does. It, totally, it really does. Yeah. And I can totally see where you're coming from with that. But this right here was a full-blown arch formation. Now, it, we it's all speculative on what it could be, but we do know that it is some type of uh, marker. That's all we can really say about that, along with TP formations, X formations, pile-ups and stack-ups. There's, there's a few different uh, style of formations that uh, we believe that are attributed to Sasquatch because they are found in areas where there have been sightings. And it definitely takes something with hands to manipulate it in the style and fashion that we find and I keep an eye open for when I'm out in the field doing research. Yeah, you saw that pretty fast. In fact, you're in a moving vehicle when you saw that. So that's a testament yeah, to how keen your eye yep. is. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, that's not the thing that caught my eye. Remember, I said, oh, that wasn't the thing that even caught yeah. my eye. It was that big uh, possible exclamation, uh, which I did check out, and I had to rule that off to just a strange natural occurrence. But that arch formation, to me, that was something. Well, yeah, no one's going to – No, that's not a natural deal there. Uh, no tree is going to get bent over like that perfectly in a rainbow and then um, purposely – be held down by debris I and mean, that's just not going to happen in nature generally speaking no in my opinion anyway. right and i totally agree with you um it is definitely not a natural occurrence um and especially yeah being pinned down you're totally right you are totally right bro so that's one of the many things that i look at and look for while out in the field and research and plus we're up in reamer minnesota yeah the home of bigfoot it's all over well, I should say all over the place, but we're lucky to find stuff. I mean, we're in areas where Bigfoot has been sighted. I interviewed a 16-year-old girl um, who has had a sighting about a month ago, just a block away on a dirt road from the ambulance building up there, which is a great story. Across the road, it was a tannish-colored Bigfoot. Uh, they were in a car going to a bonfire, and they crossed the road right in front of them. So she was able to relay that story to me, and that's recent, a month ago. And plus, a couple of months ago, like Mark said, he got a hold of me, a couple, a resort got a hold of him. Lo and behold, you know, people, people are out there um, having fun in the area of Reamer, yeah. which is great. It, it's a great place to do this. It's a great place to do this. All these people practice safety first and, and know your, your wildlife, your flora and fauna. Um, it, it's just all in, in safety, seriously. Yeah, you no, know, we were I we were always safe. I, I never felt like I was physically in peril, but I just didn't know if the big guy was gonna make an appearance and I'd become lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the master plan kind of backfired on that, but I'm glad you're safe. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe next time I'll wear the bacon grease. You know, like well, you, know, you know, the bacon grease cologne I was not gonna wear. I'm sorry. It just was not gonna happen that day. But, you know, so I, I had the bacon grease ready. I had the peanut butter ready. <laughs> I had the fast flash pheromone chips ready. I was just, you know, kind of hoping you'd go to bed a little bit earlier. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I did not sleep a whole lot. Let me tell you, I, I, I was I was not joking. I did seriously have some jack links with me. <laughs> well, yeah, then you were camping. I was camping. Uh -huh. 
So well, I was clear, thinking. Clearly glamping if you had Jack. I did. I, I, it was glamping, <laughs> Eric. It really was. And I thought, well, you know, it works in the commercials. So if I need a diversion, I'll just uh, throw that Jack links. Super, super quick commentary here because we're almost to the bottom of the hour. I'd love coming out of, the, of uh, the bottom of the hour break. I'd love to hear Abe's most compelling Bigfoot experiences. That would be wonderful. But just super quick. I'm fascinated and I've actually done a fair amount of research actually into infrasound. And I know it's a real thing. And, yeah, it can really, really wipe you out. I mean, it can cause all kinds of physical problems, real physical mm. problems, including panic attacks, which feel yeah. awful. I had one a couple yeah. of years ago. And, I, you know, you think you're dying, frankly, because yeah. it's the same symptoms as a heart attack. And yeah. So, yeah. So so uh, I just wanted to make a you know quick comment on that, that I know that's a real thing. And I do know that there are animals out there who can at least, you know, on some level generate that. So if Bigfoot is real, it certainly would make sense. It would not be bizarre that he would be able to, in fact, generate that sound. Uh, the other thing, just real quick, I wanted to mention is we also we need to get into now. When is the Reamer event? I know there's a super big weekend and uh, all things Bigfoot and a big festival and everything. We got to get into that as well. In yeah, the when we come back. Out. Yeah, we'll go to break and then when we come back, don't go anywhere. More Abe Del Rio, Mark Rubick. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this more Bigfoot hijinks. <laughs> Hey, you listen to After Hours AM, and if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like us, follow us, review us, tell your friends about us, tell grandma about us, and keep listening. This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teens, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for their individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based articles, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. It's your ideas, work, and creativity that make it your yard. At Ace, we're here to help with hoses and sprinklers to nurture growth, gardening tools for the shape of good things to come. 
even the right fertilizer and bug killers to make the grass a little greener. You'll find it all now at Ace, your place, with everything you need for your yard, plus helpful advice, almost like we're right there. Ace, the helpful place. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to AfterHoursAM at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. You're just sitting there all high and mighty in your diaper. If anything, you need me. You're a baby. <laughs> Come on, Mouse. Don't you dare take Miles. You can take the children, but you leave me, my monkey. After Hours AM, everybody, I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me, Eric Olson. And we are talking tonight with Abe Del Rio and Mark Ruyak, Ruyak, tonight. Hey, I got it right. Hey, come on. No applause. Yeah, good job. Uh, yeah, finally, good job, right? <laughs> Checks in the mail, right, Mark? Uh, we are uh, talking all things Bigfoot this first hour, and Reamer, Minnesota is a great little town, and you guys are the home of Bigfoot. And that being said, to the people just tuning in, you will have a chance to go to something that they call Bigfoot Days. Now, Bigfoot Days is pretty flipping cool. But I'm going to let Mark fill everyone in on the Bigfoot Days. So it's a great uh, festival, Joel, and it is July 7th and 8th. So Friday, July 7th, Saturday, July 8th in Reamer, Minnesota. And as you said, it's called Bigfoot Days. And... We have a whole bunch of events and fun, and probably the biggest thing is not listed as an event, and that is that the town will be filled with every range of people from those who have not seen or heard anything about Bigfoot and are curious to those people who have had multiple experiences or sightings or someone like Abe who's been hunting Bigfoot for 17 years and has volumes of experiences and, and times out in the woods squatching. So it's a great, a great time to be in our town and, and explore Bigfoot and all there is around Bigfoot. Friday evening, we have a couple events. We have live music because everybody likes to, to, start off the night with a little live music out in front of the depot and then we have a group of bigfoot hunters called the she squatchers and they're going to be 
telling some of their stories of experiences they've had and people they've talked with. And we'll also allow people to come up and tell their own stories, which is always the most fun. Um, I think Abe might even make it there on Friday evening. We'll see how that turns out, but he'd be, he'd be storytelling as well. Then we yeah, have... you know, go ahead, Abe. No, I was just going to say, it turns out I will be able to make it. Things worked out by the grace of God, and I will be there uh, doing a little storytelling and, uh, as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a That's great awesome. time. Yeah. And That's one thing awesome. cool. We have our first, of course, in, in northern Minnesota, a great thing for us to do is to have a, a meat raffle. So we're going to have our first of two Bigfoot meat raffles on Friday evening. And, uh, you know, our our thing is hey bring a chair and have a beverage with bigfoot so we're gonna have a beer wagon bloody mary bar there why what would a friday evening be without a, a beverage of choice so saturday really is a huge day of just multiple events and it starts off with a pancake breakfast uh at 9 30 a.m there's the second annual bigfoot 5k that you can register for at active.com we have a flea market all day. We have a bouncy house and kids games. We have at 11 o'clock, we have an adult Bigfoot geocache competition. We have an ATV ride for cancer at noon. There's a kids ATV parade at 1230. We have a kids scavenger hunt. We have a three on three basketball tournament at 1:30 PM. We have live music again at the depot, 2:30 PM. Abe and his Minnesota Bigfoot research team and then the she-squatchers will both be at the depot on the stage telling stories as well as we'll allow people in the audience to come up and tell their stories. And once again, that that's really the fun event is because you hear so many different things and you realize that everyone has a story and has an experience and they're all interesting. Then at 3 p.m., we have the finals of our Bigfoot Barbecue Contest. Last year, we had uh, a great time with the barbecue contest, and they they were selling some of the best barbecue in the state. So that's a great thing. Once again, if you want to sign up for that, go to our Facebook page or homeofbigfoot.com. At 4 p.m., we have our Kids Bigfoot Calling Contest, which last year was just an absolute success and and a lot of fun for everyone at 6 p.m we have the second bigfoot meat raffle at our municipal uh, bar in town and then at 10 p.m we have an uh, adult bigfoot calling contest at the pub in reamer and once again last year that was probably one of the the well it tied a bow on the whole weekend put it that way everybody <laughs> was having fun and uh, it just was a great time you can find out more about all of this and sign up for the 5K and the uh, the barbecue contest at homeofbigfoot.com or on our Facebook page, Home of Bigfoot. And I invite everyone to come up. Come up and join us. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that was smooth. <laughs> That's, that that was. quickly without stumbling once. I see that. Man, I've done this before. <laughs> I wish we were that uh, good. I just got to say, it is a blast. I mean, it's just such a great time. It, it's The atmosphere is exciting. You can feel the live 
the liveness going on and, and just the camaraderie and people and visiting with the locals and getting to know them, rubbing elbows with them, taking pictures, hearing their stories. It's, it's, if you haven't experienced it, put it on to your to-do list. That's Reamer, Minnesota, Bigfoot Days, July 7th and 8th. I have one complaint, and that complaint is Bloody Mary's on Friday night? <laughs> The Bloody Mary should be on Saturday morning with those pancakes, my friends. I, I think that, I believe it or not, I think the Bloody Mary bar and the beer wagon will be there Saturday morning as well. The beer oh, wagon. You've got to love a beer so wagon. I, then I take it back. Is the beer wagon mobile? Does it go up and down the street? Oh, absolutely. Oh, good, yeah, it's good. It's got a trailer hitch, and it goes where we go. You, you're you <laughs> right about that. I will make every effort <laughs> to get there myself. After Hours Nation, I will be there, hopefully, to witness this myself. I'll make every effort to make the trip over to Reamer, check it out live, maybe even work in a remote, Eric. I think we could probably make that happen. Ooh. And get some people on air with me telling their own tales about what they've seen in the area, their own experiences. And by the way, just to let everyone know, because I know he'd never say it, Abe is a heck of a guy. If you have Bigfoot questions, he is more than happy to talk with you about it. He, he is a Love generally you. nice person. And, and he really loves what he does. And that shines through. And so, Abe, man, you are one of a kind out there. Uh, well, you know, I, I appreciate that, and I truly got a bash for that, but, you know, above and all, I, I just got to thank the God, Lord Almighty himself, God, for just giving me all that I have and, and the people in my life. And without him, uh, truly and honestly, you guys, I, I wouldn't be where I am. So thanks, God. Thanks, Lord Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Abe, we got to shift gears here a little bit. The Bigfoot Festival is oh. cool. Let's talk about Bigfoot himself. Yeah. Now, you and I, we talked a lot during the weekend about your experiences. Yes. What was the moment that made you go, holy crap, these things are real? Oh, that was our very first expedition. And for the people who haven't heard me on your show before, I'd be more than happy to reiterate. It was 2001, and we wanted to do our, our expedition. Uh, so we were looking on the internet to see where is the recent activity happening. Lo and behold, it wasn't Minnesota. <laughs> it was in Ohio. That's where so, Eric is. Yeah, yes, yes. I, and I've been there. I was just there in May. Um, <laughs> and so we, there's the three of us, me, the co-founder, my team, and an ex-team member, loaded up a car, and we went to Coshocton County, Ohio, Wills Creek area, uh, spent a few days, I think it was about eight days out there, and we had some things going on. Uh, found a possible footprints, and um, we stopped at the general store there, told them our business and what we're doing and who we are, and they told us, go check out Sasquatch Valley. Well, we did that, and they pointed us in the direction. Get to Sasquatch Valley, walk about 50 yards from the car, and lo and behold, we hear, well, sounded like a tree being broken in half or a limb snapped. Totally went behind the ears, very first exhibition, and only 22 at that time. Uh, we were scared. We got spooked. Stopped us dead on our tracks. We looked at each other. Now, when we walked away, 
50 yards from the car, I had to point out that the co-founder of my team, he stayed back at the car and had a higher point of view. So, with that being said, we heard that that break, and we started he- hearing bipedal footprint steps walking towards us, and we're like, oh my gosh. It was like, it's like the Eminem commercial when they see Santa Claus. Like he is real. So we're here. We're hearing this, right? And it's getting louder. It's getting louder, sir. And we're getting freaked out. We started running back towards the car. <laughs> I had a Polaroid camera around my neck at that time, and I was thinking to myself, "Why am I running? This could be it. This could be the shot." I stopped, opened the Polaroid camera, focused on the sounds where they're coming out of the woods. As soon as I did that co-founder of my team, who I've known since high school, says, hey, what are you doing? The thing's right behind you. Keep going. I look back, take my eyes off the woods to look at him, and his face is looking like he's seen a monster. His loss of color in his face, his eyes are wide, his mouth is open. I'm still hearing this thing walking towards me, whatever it is, because it's getting louder. The, the sound of the brush is getting louder. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I see him, I'm hearing this thing, I'm like, what the heck is going on? I can't see it because it's so thick there with vegetation and the foliage. I close the Polaroid camera, catch up with the guy who's already on his way to the car. We get to the car, the co-founder of my team has the car started by the time we get there. We hop in, I swear it was like Dukes of Hazzard, what door? We just went through the windows. And I'm asking him a 20 questions, basically. What was it? What it looked like? What was it? You know, what was going on? He said yeah. it was a bigfoot, and, and the just of it is like it, it's a bigfoot. It was a bigfoot. I was like, what color? How tall? Come on, come on, you know, seven to seven and a half feet tall, reddish brown, rust coloration, and 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 hair. I was going to say for her, but it's hair. Um, where to go? I think I I or, or got out. And he took his eyes off of it to have the car start up at the time we get there. Yeah. So we're looking around. Everything is quiet at this time. We're looking around like, oh, my gosh. We, we get out of there. Before we get out of there, let me back it up. He did say this creature was going from tree to tree, making its way towards no us. No way. Oh. So he, he, he got to see it firsthand, running from tree to tree, basically, in a zigzag pattern, I guess it was, came right up close on us. Now, doing this for as many years as I have, I made a lot of friends in the Bigfoot community, and that happens to the guy who organizes the now nationwide, uh, no, nationally, nationally known Ohio Bigfoot Conference, has done research in this exact same area. Now, talking with him, and from him talking with the locals, the residents that live out there, they told him at that time frame that there's two of them. There's a big black male and a smaller female that's brownish, reddish, rust coloration in color. That's seven to seven and a half feet tall. Yeah, she's a small one. <laughs> and that's a small one. Yes, exactly. Um, and looking back in hindsight, gentlemen, I think what was happening, what was going on, is that we were possibly getting too close. Now, this is all speculative. I think we were getting possibly too close to a smaller one, and it was her duty, her job, to get us out of there. It worked 110%, and we got the heck out of there. That was very cool. So besides that, our very first expedition here in Minnesota, in two different research areas, we've had them come walking up to, to us again. One time we were doing wood knocks and call blasting. 
uh, and vocalizations. This one was during the day as well. The first time in Ohio was during the day. The second time in Minnesota was during the day. Um, and, and the third time was at night as we were doing some wood knocking. Well, we, we returned some wood knocking to what sounded like very distant or soft wood knocking. And again, we are hearing the bipedal heavy falling footprints walking towards us from the forest to us on a dirt road to the point where an ex-team member's wife got so spooked, she turned on a spotlight, a 3 billion candle power spotlight, and whatever it was stopped dead in its tracks. Now, this was before I had the thermal imager. Yeah. If I were to have that thermal imager, we would have got a hit on that thermal oh, imager. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it, I mean, it's a, the area we were at that time, it was thick, but it was not as thick as in 2001 in Ohio, and we would have gotten something on, on the floor of thermal imager. Mark and Abe, I have spent the night alone in the Bliska Axe murder house. I've been to Bobby Mackey's Music World, the infamous place that Zach Baggins was attacked. In that tent the other night, I was more terrified in that tent. I'm not just saying that. I was actually more terrified in that tent than I was in any of those places. Simply because I'm a bear hunter. All right. I've hunted a lot of bear and I, I've been in the woods a lot. And when you go into the woods, you're in their world. And if they don't yep. want you there, they're going to get you true. out. And so what's going through my head is all right. All right. Everything's cool. It, it, it was just a leaf that made the camera go up. There's no Bigfoot out there. That whole night, man, it was. A nervous time. I, I will be completely honest. I, I was a little. Well, I know. Jittery. I heard your teeth and I heard your knees. So <laughs> that's I, right. I I you heard him knocking. You but but you know, and that's the thing. You know, it's it's that rush though. It's the rush of the unknown. Now it's got me going. Okay, all right. This there's well, something Joel, more to this. One yeah. of the nice things is I've got. There's a friend of mine who owns a business in town, and I won't say which one it is, or everyone will know who it is. But he. He's a hunter and a fisherman, and before last year's festival, and as I say, at the at our Bigfoot days, there are all kinds of stories being told. There's all kinds of learning and informational stuff going on, and he, last year before the festival, he didn't think anything of Bigfoot, and then... We had the festival, and he was there, and he listened to the stories, and he learned how to call and knock and all that stuff, and and he took part and, and wanted to learn more. And about two or three months after the event, I was talking with him one morning having coffee, and he said, you know, I was out in the woods the other day in the afternoon, and he said, I heard this thing. And while I was walking and he said, I stopped and he said, you know what? I know it was a tree knock. He said, I sat there for a while and I heard it a couple of times. And he said, I would have never known it before, but he said, I probably won't tell anybody, but I know it was a tree knock. And it's stories like that, that, you know, people are learning and they're realizing that some of the things that they've heard all their life or for the last five years is really something. And, and they're learning what it, what Bigfoot is all about and what he does, where he goes and, and the things that, that they've thought were nothing all these years are really something. 
Hey, you're my Mark, you're totally right, my friend. I mean, I, I come across that all the time. I mean, it shows like Finding Bigfoot that you and I were both on. We had a great time. Uh, Monster Quest, the documentaries, the shows like that that help bring an awareness to the public that are outside of the Bigfoot community where people experience these things and they just kind of pass it off. And so they watch the show, they talk with a, a researcher, um, and then they start putting pieces of the puzzle together and they're like, oh, that's a big book characteristic. And they're like, I guess yep. I kind of yeah. passed it off as something else. So, yeah, it happens all the time. You're totally right, bro. Yeah, yeah. a lot of learning. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, I never associated with Bigfoot until even I started talking, until I started doing more research into it and real, realizing, well, hell, that, that TP thing that you know, looks like someone built it, that wasn't just kids messing around the forest. It could have been a Bigfoot. Um, you know, things like that you come across in the forest that you don't give two thoughts to because you just think, ah, someone built that. But then you All look right. back, you go, well, wait a minute, I'm four miles from the nearest uh, road, your know, main way to get out here. Why would kids right. be out here building a fort? You, you, you know what I mean? Exactly. So that you kind of rationalize, wait a minute. So it kind of taught me to be a little more keen in the forest as well. And uh, Abe, you know, um, Eric, as you know, that we have sponsored and helped and launched and done this and done that. We're a lot of events, a lot of events out there, Eric, right? Oh, we, yeah, we, we've helped a lot of people. We've done a lot of good stuff. We've, we've included, the word. We have, yeah, well, we have included a lot of listeners and a few events after hours, AM invite only events, but later on down the road, Abe and I, we're kind of talking a little bit. We're formulating something. We're formulating something that maybe you guys can be a part of that. Maybe you guys can get off the chair. Maybe you guys can experience something. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. But Abe and I, right, Abe? We've been doing some talking. And maybe, Whoa. just maybe, <laughs> if you're, just maybe, you will have a chance someday. I'm not saying when or how. You may have a chance to be scared in a tent, too. And it won't be from us. <laughs> no. No, we, are, we are down to the last seven minutes of this hour. I would love to hear, since Abe is, is a veteran squatcher and has had experiences and obviously thinks a lot about it, I'd love to hear just kind of your general Bigfoot theories. What is Bigfoot? How many of them are there? What are some of their characteristics? I'd love to hear your thoughts, just uh, you know, any, any detail at all on the Bigfoot experience. Would love to, would love to. You know, as far as what it is, there's a lot of thought speculation as to exactly what it is. But from what we have come to find out and from what we know, it is definitely a primate. And I say that because only primates have the dermal ridges of the fingerprints and on the soles of your feet. The things that have been touched by a Bigfoot, and they have, people have, you know, dusted late with latent fingerprint dusting kits and pulled them and they sent them in comes back to unknown primate. Whatever it is, it is a primate. It's a great ape. Is it a descendant of Gigantopithecus, Comanoman, Gigantopithecus, uh, Homo erectus? You know, who knows what or where on the tree of life it definitely fits in. But nonetheless, I believe in creationism. So whatever it is, it's my thought, my opinion, that it was put here, created here by God Almighty himself. Yeah. Um, with that being said, it's of this world, in my opinion. But, you know, at being a researcher, 
we have to keep an open mind. We also, I also pay attention to people who say that their UFO theories is, is related or linked with this. That's the researcher side of me. Yeah. If I'm not doing the researcher side and being open-minded, I'm closing off all possibilities, which yeah. you cannot do and, and conduct improper research. Yeah. Some of the characteristics that it does, some of the mannerisms, we're talking about, you know, try to get you out of the area and intimidate you. Well, heck, it will bluff charge you. It will chase you. It might blast you with infrasound, throw rocks, throw sticks, give you a big roar. Uh, these are all characteristics that are shared with known great apes for intimidation or to mark as a territory, territorial displays as well. Um, shaking a tree, even to show its strength, is a characteristic that has uh, been seen by one of my team members. Um, <laughs> that's a long story in itself, right there. So, <laughs> in, 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 in my thoughts, in my, my opinions, and from doing this for as long as I have, I would definitely have to say it is a primate, um, and it's just as curious sometimes about us if as we are. About it. But Abe, if you had to guesstimate how many would you say, and we're not going to hold you to this number, but in your own personal okay. opinion, how many would you say are out there? Well, you know, to the land of 10,000 lakes, and I've spoken with a producer of Monster Quest. He's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, and from him doing his TV show and his reports, and, you know, with other people here in the state of Minnesota. At least here in the state of Minnesota. Now, this number can fluctuate, mind you, because we're sure. looking for a, a moving deal in a haystack. But at least we came up this, and, and to safely say that there is probably roughly about a thousand different Bigfoots, Sasquatches, specimens here in the state of Minnesota. Wow, that's, we a, have, that's a good yeah, chunk. And in, Reamer, and in Reamer, I can tell you that there's probably about five different ones that have been seen by different people. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I believe you. And again, Reamer, Minnesota, 7th and 8th of July. Check it out. Bigfoot days. Have a lot of fun. Go meet Abe. Go meet Mark. Get your fill on this. You'll learn a few things. And of course, Grand Rapids, Minnesota would be your nearest airport. If you're flying in, just let everyone know. Let's look at the map right now. That'd be your nearest, largest, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, airport. Am I correct? That's correct. So yep. if you Either are Brainerd looking for it, yep, the, and then yep. rent a car, make that short drive over to Reamer. It has been an honor and a privilege talking yep. to both you guys. And, and uh, thank you guys. Thank you. You know, thank it, you. You'll you'll be glad you came to Reamer for the Bigfoot days if you do come. You'll and if you can't come that weekend, just come visit us some other time. And oh, it's worth the trip. Like everyone has said, you'll be glad you did. Yeah, it's definitely worth the trip. And again, I want to give a big shout out to all the people that made me feel welcome and warm. And I did buy Abe lunch, and he did take advantage of my wallet. I'm not going to go there, not Mister Steak and uh, Lobster or Shrimp. But you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> just throwing it out Yo, there. Come on, oh, <laughs> come on. Hey, 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 you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Exactly. So, no, thank you again, Joe. <laughs> Mark, no. my friend, we will talk soon. Yes, we will see each other again. Thank soon. you, guys. Really yeah. interesting stuff. And yeah, boy, I'll tell you that event—it uh, really does sound like fun. You know, I'm—I'm I'm not always feeling all that outdoorsy, 
But I'll tell you, that sounds like a lot of fun. And you can go in so many different directions with it. And you could be very serious and get involved with lectures and whatnot. Or you can just have fun. So that's a pretty great combination. And Abe, really interested in how serious you are and how knowledgeable you are. And um, sounds like uh, you're a lot of fun to, to go squash. He really with. is. He really is. And one more quick piece of information about Mr. Abe Del Rio. He is now part of the After Hours AM iHeartRadio family. Yeah, he Woo! has his very own show. Check it out. Minnesota Bigfoot Research. Check that out. Go play it right now. He gets the biggest, best names in the Bigfoot squatching community to come on and talk about their experiences and share their knowledge with all of us that are would-be squatchers. We got to run to Fox News. Again, Mark and Abe, thank you so much for coming on. And we'll thank be talking you, again Eric. soon. God thank bless. you, guys. All right, take Squat care, time. gentlemen. Absolutely. Take care, we gentlemen. When we come back, we have a great show on tap. We're not done yet. When we come back, we have Diane Brandon on, and she is going to be talking about, well, she wrote a new book, Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. Yeah. How back? How far back does our memory truly go? And how aware are we? Find out after the break. Don't go anywhere. They're just now getting a look at the health care plan at the Senate. I'm Dave Anthony. Fox News. Republicans rolling out details of how they'd replace Obamacare. Fox's Rachel Sutherland live in Washington. Dave, GOP senators are meeting behind closed doors to get a first look at the health care plan that was drafted behind closed doors. This first look is being called a draft discussion and does not include text of the actual bill. That will come later. Lawmakers don't have much time as they're looking to take a vote on the final plan by the end of the week. Democrats and some Republicans Republicans have complained about the secretiveness of the process. The Congressional Budget Office is expected to score the plan's impact before lawmakers vote. Dave. Uh, Rachel, Democrats have said Republicans must be ashamed of the bill. President Trump says it'll be a plan with heart. He knows Democrats will oppose it. If we went and got the single greatest health care plan in the history of the world, we would not get one Democrat vote. He rallied supporters in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, talking up his agenda, saying he might put solar panels on his border wall. And then he said this. Those seeking admission into our country must be able to support themselves financially. And those new immigrants would not be eligible for welfare for five years in his plan. The president fired off more tweets on the Russia probe today, writing in one, if the hacking happened in 2016, why didn't the Obama administration stop it? There's a funeral now in Ohio for Otto Warmbier. The American who died Monday after North Korea sent him back in a coma-like state more than a year after taking him prisoner. Here at Wyoming High School, they reached the 2,500 person capacity inside of the school itself. We saw people as early as 7 o'clock today uh, coming in here to the school in order to pay their respects. Jordan Villanez with Fox 19 TV. Tropical storm Cindy has flooded coastal roads, dumping rain Texas to Florida. It was pretty rough. We had quite a bit of lightning and thunder close by. He's on Dauphin Island, also in Alabama. A 10-year-old boy was killed on a beach, hit by a log carried inside a big wave. Fox News, fair and balanced. 
Well, there is not very much direction in the early trading on Wall Street this morning. Fox Business Network's Nicole Petalides live at the New York Stock Exchange. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down one point to 21,407. The Nasdaq dropping 11. The S&P 500 down two points. So as you noted, modest moves. We are seeing weakness in financials and tech while energy and healthcare are gaining. But there are some big movers. Oracle's up 9%, hit an all-time high after some strong earnings there. American Airlines has been gaining about uh, 5% at one point, now up about 2% after the company revealed that Qatar Airways is interested in buying about a 10% stake. And Staples up about 6%. Back to you. Thank you, Nicole. The price of oil is up about a quarter after dropping to a new low for the year, but it is still below 43 bucks a barrel. The price of gas is down just a bit today. AAA's national average for regular is at 2.28 a gallon. That is four cents lower than we were paying a year ago as more Americans than ever plan to travel for the 4th of July. Prepare to share the roads, rails, and TSA checkpoints with a lot of people during the upcoming 4th of July weekend. AAA says it expects more than 44 million people will travel at least 50 miles or more from home during the weekend starting Friday, June 30th and ending the night of July 4th. The majority will travel by car, but airline travel is expected to be up for the eighth straight year. The Auto Club says cheaper gas prices, lower airfares, and less expensive car rentals are contributing to the large travel numbers. Rich Dennison, Fox News. One of the Capitol Hill police officers hailed a hero for stopping the gunman who was shooting at a congressional baseball practice last week. Throughout the first pitch at the congressional women's softball game last night, Crystal Griner was in a wheelchair. She was shot in the ankle during the gunfire. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News Radio. Back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me. Eric Olson. And we are hitting hour two. Hour one was Bigfoot, and hour two we're shifting gears to something equally as cool, man. And It's I, a rather I, radical shift in gear. It, it really is. I mean, we're going right from first to fifth here, man. We're not even messing around other gears. We're going right to that uh, fifth gear and... Really, we have the opportunity to talk to someone very, very cool, and I'm going to let you introduce her to our audience. All right. Well, as you mentioned, her book, Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth, comes out in uh, just a couple weeks, early July. Some people have a conscious spiritual awareness at birth that is mature and clear. Born Aware delves into the effects of having been born conscious of our higher soul connection, what we can learn from it, and the implications for the human consciousness and spirituality. Having innate spiritual awareness has affected Diane Brandon's life in remarkable ways, and this book chronicles her experiences as well as her efforts to learn from others who have been spiritually aware since birth. Using personal accounts and her own insights, Diane shows you how to access your spiritual awareness even if you weren't born aware. Diane Brandon, born and raised in New Orleans. Diane yes. Brandon <laughs> is an author, integrative, intuitive counselor, teacher, business consultant, speaker, radio host, actress, and holy cats, singer. 
She has been facilitating, teaching, and assisting others in their personal and business lives since 1992 in both private consultations and group classes, workshops, and seminars, helping others to transform their lives in a positive way and to find more fulfillment in life to consistently positive feedback from her clients. Diane is the author of Dream Interpretation for Beginners, Intuition for Beginners, Invisible Blueprints, and the forthcoming and aforementioned Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth, coming July 8th. Welcome to the program, Diane Brandon. Thank you so much. Very nice to speak with you, Eric and Joel. Hey, great. Thank you. Yeah, awesome having you on the show. And, uh, you know, I couldn't tell you're a radio personality at all when you came on. What that? No, a great voice, by the way. Great. <laughs> can tell you've been doing it a little bit, you know, just for a little while. <laughs> well, that was kind of the former hat. And actually, I stopped doing my show in 2013 because I was writing books and it was just like, hey, I can't do all this and work with clients. <laughs> like something's got to go. Too many balls in there, right? Yes. Too, too, ma- yes. too much going on. Now, your newest book that is going to be dropping here in a couple weeks that you know people can pick up and read. Uh, very, very cool. Born Aware Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. Now, when... I first got the book, you know, we get a lot of books, and I was like, oh, okay, let's take a look at it. Since birth, I remember what I had for breakfast. How am I going to remember that? (laughs) But really kind of when I started getting the nuts and bolts of it, really kind of grabbed me and made me think for a second. Now, what made you want to write this book? I mean, it's a great book, not like, oh, my God. Really, it's a great read, and I do tell everyone, seriously, get out there and buy a copy. But what made you want to write this, put pen to paper on this subject? Thank you. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of got a message to do it. The way it happened is that in 2014, one person just spontaneously shared her at birth and pre-birth memories with me. And I thought, oh, that makes two of us. And then within three more months, another person spontaneously shared her memories. And I thought, okay. I'm being given a message. So I had, I never really thought about this as a subject matter because y- you never know. I mean, this is my norm. I never knew if other people had these memories. And so I started looking for other people to interview and it just kind of unfolded. So that's kind of how it got born. <laughs> what kind of memories did you have? I mean, you know, is it kind of like birth memories or, 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 um, afterlife before life memories what kind of memories experiencing it was it was a little bit of both to be honest with you i did not come in until after the birth so i don't remember the birth i remember when i was born thinking you know i don't want to be here again i remembered and it wasn't absolutely clear you know somewhat hazy but I remembered being on the other side I remembered being with God spirit creator whatever term one wants to use I knew that when I was here I wasn't with creator and that wasn't nice I also knew that when I wasn't here I had absolute knowledge I had access to knowing anything I wanted to know and I knew that while I was here I didn't have it and that aggravated me but I knew that I had to be here because there was something I was supposed to do. 
I thought it had to do with performing, so I pursued that for years. So that's what I thought when I was born. I have never forgotten what I thought then. So, you know, just to play a little bit devil's advocate here. Really, Diane? You thought that (laughs) deep as a baby? You know, most of us are looking for a bottle and maybe to poop ourselves, you know. We're not we're not thinking about life paths at that point, you know. We're just thinking about, wow, this place is really cold. Well, you know, those of us with these memories, because we are still in what I call the higher soul awareness, mm-hmm. that human side hasn't even developed yet. So we're in the awareness that we have as a soul when we're not here. So we haven't even gotten into that human garbage you know, at that point. So, yeah, we, we, we think in those terms. And it's interesting in, in interviewing other people, it's interesting to see what different people remembered. And some people, you know, have pre-birth memories as well as, as at-birth memories. And it's just, it's fascinating. I just, I just love it. And so we're kind of a little... I guess we're a little weird. We didn't know we were weird. We didn't know everybody wasn't this <laughs> well, way. Well, I knew I've been I, I knew I've been weird for years, so you know, <laughs> nothing new on me, but you know, I do do radio, you know. So that makes Absolutely. us a little weird. Uh, yes. But, you know, you, you talk about being born and not remembering the birth. Is there a time period between when you're born and when the soul actually enters into the body? I love that question. It's a wonderful question. And actually, what what I have found is that will vary from one person to another. So, for example, even in the womb, while during the pregnancy, Mm -hmm. some people will will come in and kind of stay in the womb and, and maybe stay in there for a while. Oh, Some yeah, that, that would have been me. Out. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> oh, leaving. here, it's so comfortable. Yeah, exactly. I don't like getting cold. Come on. And, and some people, you know, I, I didn't. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was more like, okay, I was told to come here, so okay, I have to be here, but that doesn't mean I want to hang out anytime in advance but again it depends some people remember dipping in and out some people remember not spending any time one person in the book remembers like she was just on the other side doing her 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 work until she was told hey get in there you know the birth is happening so it's interesting because the soul doesn't doesn't come into the body to stay at the same time for everybody. It's 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 very, I don't know if I would say it's individualistic, but it varies from one person to the next. So I just think it's really fascinating. And there's one guy in the book who remembers his birth, which was painful because they had to use forceps. And he's like, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be damaged for life. So, you know, he went through the actual birth process, you know, the the, the labor, the delivery, which yeah. for him was painful. I skipped all that. <laughs> I came. <laughs> well, in yeah, hey, if, you can, if you can do it, do it, you know, because it doesn't sound like he had a great time there. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, the cold metal forceps reaching him and plucking him from his mother's womb. I mean, you and know. squeezing the you know what out of him. Yeah, well, like exactly. salad tossers are in resulting yes. in heckle and jekyll heads. <laughs> My yeah. oldest daughter was a poor salad tosser, heckle and jekyll head for a while. Poor oh, thing. Oh, poor it, thing. It did round out, you know. That's she, good. She <laughs> looks okay now at 33. <laughs> Now, now, Eric, they use vacuums, you know. 
not, no longer they use vacuums now. Oh, you know, they have done some barbaric things now to babies. Some yeah. really barbaric things. And that's one thing, one point. I think there are a lot of takeaways from from my book, but one especially is hey, babies are aware. They also feel pain. So don't do surgery on them without anesthetic. And that was done for years. Yeah. Don't talk, you know, don't say, oh, that baby looks looks ugly. Don't say that in front of the baby. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're aware. They're, they're, they're more aware. aware than we are. Now, they don't speak a language yet. So what? How, how are they picking up that information? Is it intuitive? It's intuitive. It's like on the other side. We don't use words. It's, it's you know... It, it comes closest to what we call here telepathy. It's mind-to-mind communication. So you just you just know what's being said. You don't have to know that language. You know what's being said. And, and you know the words that are being said. You know what the thoughts are. And, of course, you can also tell the, the tone of voice and whether it's a nice, warm, gentle, loving tone of voice or whether it's, you know... That baby is so damn ugly. <laughs> well, you know, I have actually, and, and, you know, I have seen some ugly babies, though, to be honest. You yeah. Ma, see yeah. a baby in my picture of my baby. Oh, my God, that thing looks like sloth from the goodies. Put that away. But, but with a beautiful soul. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> very, very true. See, I'm not a baby guy. I mean, although I do have children, and I love them all dearly, and... My youngest now is a one and a half, going to be one and a half. And I remember vividly of him being born. And he was, um, they used, they ended up C-sectioning him, emergency C-section. Mm. But in the beginning, they were trying to use a vacuum. It looked like a Hoover <sighs> vacuum to get him out. And, oh, God. And the, 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 I was waiting for the pop, the noise that oh. they're saying could happen. <laughs> didn't happen, yes. right? So now I, I can totally sympathize with the guy in your you, the guy that you interviewed the the, the trauma of birth could be mm-hmm. can be real. I mean I would not want to be sucked out of my mother's womb with a vacuum. No, no, and 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 some of the people in the book talked about you know oh my God these bright lights you know as soon as they were born get these blinding lights out of my face and oh it's so cold. Yeah, so there are a lot well, of things that are done you know Diane. in the delivery room that are not exactly baby friendly life is hard diane come on (laughs) and you know why that is babies don't vote that's right it's a hard (laughs) it's a hard knocks life for us it's a hard maybe maybe we need them too (laughs) we we need the baby vote yeah the The baby baby ticket i'm I'm going after the baby vote no harsh lights in the delivery room no vacuums no salad tossers (laughs) salad tossers no salad tossers. No oh. circumcision without uh, help. Without help? <laughs> oh, without anesthesia. Yeah, there you, you go. Know. I was going to say, what, you're circumcising yourself, Eric? I mean, you Nip know. That, snip that thing. Ah! No wonder they scream and cry. Well, I, I, oh, yeah. I yeah, I, I, I would too. And uh, now they do use anesthetic, though. Yes. Oh, good. Uh, on children, Thank because good. that is one thing that my when my son was born recently, they, they do use. In fact, we had to sign paperwork to that effect that we did get circumcised. That that was one of the things that'd be used as a local anesthetic. And he had to sign Thank off goodness. on it and stuff. So it wasn't near as traumatic as other stories I've heard about, you know, really, like you said, they used to just cut into them. They did not give them oh, any yes. anesthetic. 
No wonder we have so many problems in this world. Well, yeah, because <laughs> the popular theory was they didn't feel pain yet. Yep, exactly. Uh, exactly. And that's absurd. That is absurd. They don't it's barbaric. Give me a break. Diane, what's your guess on what percentage of the population has these kinds of birth or pre-birth memories? You know, I, I have not delved far enough into this yet because I'm, I'm going to be doing a follow-up book. I've already found like eight more people with these memories. My sense is that this is extremely rare. I feel that maybe some people are aware at birth, but amnesia sets in. Then mm-hmm. we also have a lot of people who are spiritual, who are what I call innately spiritually oriented, who don't have these memories. It's almost as if they have like a veil over their their awareness, but they, they, they know there's something. So I feel like those of us who have always had these memories, have never forgotten, are, are probably pretty damn rare. Mm-hmm. I, I have read that there may be some people who remember birth, but they don't have the spiritual awareness, which I find really interesting so i don't know if this that is like some weird um part of the brain just like and i forget the name of it people who have the condition mary lou henner is like this who remember everything so i don't know if it's down to that but but of the of the people i have identified and thus far it's probably like maybe 20 some people and i i contacted tons of people you know healers and 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 intuitives and you know people in the metaphysical community who were practitioners thinking well surely you have these memories and no so i think it's i think it's pretty rare i do feel that we are peppered throughout the world but mm-hmm. i you know it's interesting because when i found people who had these memories as it turns out Five of the people I've known for years have these memories, but there are people in the book who've never known anybody else with these memories. Well, so, how, how did you find them? You put an ad out in Craigslist or something? Hey, seeking people that remember everything. <laughs> uh, how do you go about that? Well, you know, because because the work I do, you know, the intuitive work is spiritual. I just contacted people I knew, and then they, you know, kind of put the word out. And I, I remember talking to a couple of people who told me, oh, yes, they had these memories, but their memories were through regression or rebirthing. They didn't naturally have these memories. So I just put the word out and mm-hmm. and and was surprised to see that five people, even a guy I dated years ago in <laughs> grad school, who's unfortunately no longer on the planet, but but he had the memories too. So I just kind of searched. It was it I it was like looking for a needle in a haystack. And the other thing too is nobody talks about this. Yeah. This is not a topic that's widely discussed. So I can't say, "Oh yeah, I know you have the memories and you have the memories and you yeah. have the memories." Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't talk about There's it. There's no Facebook group out there with people only with these memories. So you can you know, go to the group and join and oh, you got them too. <laughs> All right, here we are. Now, you talked about souls entering the body, and at some point they say, hey, you got to get in there. It, do we have a choice to come back? I mean, or, or on the other side, do we choose to be reborn, or can we opt out of that? You know, a lot of people say that that it's up to us that we choose to come back. 
I don't feel that's true of everybody because I was told and, and actually I feel and, and some of the people in the book feel that we're here on assignment. So and somebody said to me, well, you could have said no. And I'm like, well, no, if the divine asks you to go in and do something, you don't say, no, I'm just going to hang out here and read a book. No, <laughs> I'm enjoying so, my cloud. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm on cloud nine. You know, yeah. I'm just like just kind of drifting around. No. So it's, I'm chilling. It's, <laughs> yeah, I'm chilling here. Leave me I'm alone. Chilling. I'm, I'm cool. I don't want to do any any work. But, you know, to me and, and based on a lot of what I have, things I remember, you know, things I've read material sessions with clients we humans from our narrow perspective and we humans are very very limited in our awareness mm -hmm. you know want to look for the rules you know how do things work what are the rules yeah. and with some things there aren't hard and fast rules so some people may have the choice one one woman in the book remembers you know choosing her parents and i think others of us you know have it have it decided for us you know i spoke to to one woman who who was told but that she could come in she was so excited that she was almost you know chosen or selected mm -hmm. to come in so you know it's it's highly variable for myself it was like oh geez now this friend who remembers choosing your parents also remembers looking at the planet and and seeing that her coming in this time had to do with the health of the planet and whether the planet would be healthy because she could see that industry and chemicals were really kind of destroying the planet. And she sure. could see all these other souls coming in for the same for the, for the same purpose at the same time. So for her, she remembers choosing her parents, but she also knows that that was her purpose in coming in in this in this lifetime, which she didn't choose the purpose. It's like okay, this is what I'm going to be, this yeah, is what I'm well, you doing. Know, what they really need to have, and, and, and it reminds me of the movie Beetlejuice, <laughs> is a guide, an afterlife guide. This is what you can expect while you're here. Because <laughs> it, it, it sounds like, you know, that you're yeah, not... Yeah, but remember, it reads like stereo. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> you, know, you know, oh, page 12, rebirth. Oh, that does not look good at all. <laughs> Not digging that at all. So it doesn't really it sound like it's, exactly. it's unfair. It's unfair because, you know, we do get a lot of amnesia when we come here and we would really like to remember more of the, of the other side because to me that makes being here a little easier because it's not easy to be here especially it's not easy for anybody with all the problems well, we have on this planet but especially yeah. you know for those of us with these memories it ain't easy well, it has to be on some levels terrifying well it not terrifying as much as it's like being in exile because you remember where you come from and it's so much better and preferable for me and I used to joke about this I don't joke anymore because I know it's, it it really makes sense I used to joke and say well I love to sleep because when I'm sleeping I'm not here but you know the more I've delved into dreams and sleep yeah when we're sleeping we get to go into so many places we get to go back and visit so and what you're saying is when we go to sleep if I'm understanding you correctly we leave our body 
when we we're do sleeping. all sorts of things. We can leave our body. We can go travel. I don't mean just to Paris or yeah. to another planet, but we can go to other time periods. We can we can revisit other lives if we want to. We are can be on the other side, and and the deepest levels of sleep we're actually we're actually worked with. We are we are kind of prepared for things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Whether that's in our personal life or whether that's on on kind of the world level, we are refreshed spiritually. We are taught in those deepest levels of sleep. So that's really like, oh, it love sounds it. like I, wish I could bring back conscious memory. Well, sure, it sounds like you're you're describing something even beyond astral projection. You're you're. You're describing something you can go forward, backwards, ups, down. There, there really yes. are no limits. Yes, because but the problem is we don't bring back a conscious memory. Now, I know one person who does. She's, she's in the book. But most of us don't. And I think partly that's because of, of what we consciously would be prepared for while we're here. So that may be why we can't bring back the conscious memory. I know for me it would make me you know, homesick as hell, yeah. you know, to bring back a consciousness. So it's wonderful to dip into it every night. I, I, yeah. Well, you know, cause we're coming up to the, the end of the first part. We're going to go to break. And as, after the break, uh, I got some good, I got some good questions for you. I need answers for, you know, <laughs> that, that, you know, now we've kind of dived into this. There's a lot of questions rolling around my mind after reading the book that I just got to ask. And when we come back, Eric and I both have these questions. We come back. We're going to ask them. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Something to do with your time. Something to do with your peace of mind. Something to do alone. Nothing to do. So won't you pick up the phone? You turn me on. Hey, I'm listening after hours AM, and if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like us, follow us, review us, tell your friends about us, tell grandma about us, and keep listening. Hi, Tom Bodette. If pop culture is to be believed, roughly 40% of all people are actually vampires or dating one. Well, undead or not, you can always save on a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6, even if you sleep during the day because direct sunlight turns you into a pile of sparkly coffee grounds. Speaking of which, we have free coffee every morning. You day sleepers may want to go for the decaf. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. 
This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for their individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to AfterHoursAM at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. Welcome back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me, Eric Olson. And we are talking with Diane Brandon tonight, and she has written just the coolest book out there, uh, Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. Now, Diane, i got to ask you, is there a difference between a new soul and an old soul? Oh, you know, that, that concept has been around for so many years, Eric. And I, I feel I feel two different things about that. I feel that, that, yes, some souls are newer because maybe they haven't lived as many lives, although on the highest level, time doesn't exist, so all our lives are coexisting. Then that, the other part of me goes, well, that's kind of arrogant. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a new soul. I'm an old soul. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I, feel, I feel very conflicted about that because, to me, the whole purpose of living different lives, and that means not just on this planet as humans and not just on this planet in any life form, it can be on any planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, so, the whole purpose of that is to experience the whole fullness of, of being embodied. And that means being good sometimes being yeah. bad sometimes yeah, and being re- dumb sometimes. And yeah, the reason know? why I bring that up because I've heard that term <laughs> thrown around a lot, you know, while well, he's an old soul or, or that person's a new soul. And I've often wondered now how our souls, and this is going to get deep here made, are they created? Are they born? How are our souls come into being? Well, my sense, and I can't say that I remember this, but my sense is, and, and, and when I say divine, God, creator, I actually remember being with God. So, so and not this old man with a long I was just about to beard. ask, has God a big beard? I mean, Absolutely you know? not. <clears throat> We're talking about a, a presence. 
this huge, magnificent, awesome, powerful presence, but not intimidating. Well, intimidating, but not scary. Mm -hmm. And so my sense is the divine creates souls. And, and I know there are different concepts out there about why. And I don't even know the answer to that. I don't feel that it's because God is lonely. No, that's kind of a human, yeah. you know, human trait. But, you know, I feel that souls are spun off or created. And then when we experience the fullness, I feel like we may get to go back and merge, which is which is wonderful. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm clueless because I don't remember when my soul was created. But at least it was on the other side. It wasn't here. <laughs> is, there a, is there a purpose? Uh, I mean, is this teleological to yeah. use a philosophical term? Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. In a direction. You're welcome. The or or is this um, more of a of, of a static stasis kind of thing? Or are we headed in a direction? Well, first of all, I don't feel that there's anything static in this universe cosmos i feel like it's <clears throat> excuse me it's very dynamic where it's headed from the point of view on the other side of the divine i don't know because i feel like that that surpasses my human ability to understand where things are headed on this planet i feel with humanity is we are moving forward now i don't mean that that's necessarily in a straight line it's linear and it just kind of keeps going i mean there can be cycles but it feels to me that that one purpose for for souls to come here and be in a human body and experience being human i feel is for our unfolding and growth as well as the roles we play with other people, not only for their unfolding, but as part of the what I call the greater drama. It's like we are playing roles while we're here. It's like we put on a costume, we put we put on a character, and I feel that that is what I call the essence. It is the energetic imprint for who we are to be in that lifetime for the role we are to play and the whole purpose of the drama, the greater drama is to move humanity forward, even though it seems at times that we may be going backwards, but I feel like the <laughs> overall, <laughs> the overall thrust of it is moving forward. Now that's just humans on this planet. You know, I haven't even delved into, you know, other places in, in the universe. I haven't mm -hmm. even chewed on what the purpose of that is and yes there are life forms on other planets there there some of the people in the book remember living you know other than on this planet other than in this solar system and and so i haven't even delved into that yet but what, what we experience here is is just to even call it a drop is probably too big. Well, is it torture? I mean, we here is it supposed to be hard and arduous and and teach us something? Is this like you know, like our crucible that we have to uh, bear this cross and make it through this world? Well, you know, unfortunately, for soul growth, the main way we get it is through 
the difficult things we go through if we're willing, if we're open to learning and growing. Some people may not be. Some people may not learn and unfold through the difficult things that they go through. It's not to punish us, but mm-hmm. but unfortunately, that's how we learn, at least on this planet. So it's not to punish us, but we do have, you know, we have things that we enjoy as well. And, and I know sure. that even though I remember being on the other side and remember what I thought when I was born, I'm from New Orleans. I love food. Oh, yeah. Good old New Orleans <laughs> So we food. do have pleasures while we're here. It's yeah. not all bad. No, but, but, you know, the coming into this world is very hard. Yes. Uh, the birth, it seems, that has been uh, a theme over and over as we're talking, that the birth is always the hardest part. Now, is death hard or is that the easy part? Is there an easy exit? I think it depends upon what the death is like. I feel that some people get to slip away. I've always joked and said I, I wanted to go in my sleep because it would be easier. Mm-hmm. Some people you know, may be in pain as they are dying. So it depends, just like different births are different sure. and, and when the soul comes in. At, at, the, at the death, though, one wonderful thing is that even before the death, from my father who, who passed away in 2010, it was like two weeks before, he kept saying the name of, of an aunt who had passed away, an older sister of his. So before we pass away, we are being visited by loved ones, you know, who who are already on the other side. And that, I feel, helps to ease the transition. They're they're being supportive. They are, Mm -hmm. I think, for some people who don't even know if they if there's anything beyond death are being supported and kind of encouraged. You know, you're not alone in this. And if I'm communicating with you, you know, something else exists. Well, Diane, we've. Not to cut you off, but we've had lots of people on the show telling us that we are aware of our own demise before we were even born. It's almost like a, a contract is signed saying this is what you must endure while you are here. Do you agree that there's some type of preset destiny, a, a, a lesson to be learned, not only through the living, but the death? Yes, I do. Uh, first of all, we do tend to know before we come in what the plan is for our lives. And, and I've actually gone to that level. We are energetically encoded with the plan for our lives before we come in. Now, are you and, talking the Akashic Records? <laughs> Would, would, um, is that where that would be located? If you wanted to go to the Akashic Records, pull your volume out and go, whoa, I remember dying that way, you know, well, and, and look I back. I don't believe in the Akashic Records because, because to me, energy is information and information is energy. So it is omnipresent. It's everywhere. So it's not in one specific place in a specific volume. It is everywhere. We are permeated by by information it's just we don't have access we mm-hmm. theoretically you think we could so to me what what i remember is it's an energetic encoding whether it's from the divine whether it's from you know little guides or whatever and i feel that before we come in 
we are aware of at least high points, mm-hmm. if not the totality. One guy in the book remembers when he was born, he was aware of the template for his life, and that's the the, the term he used was template. So yes, there there is a plan. You know, I look at things from the standpoint of of levels. And so if we take the the human level, we're very limited in our perspective. If we zoom out from inside ourselves and then we can get into other people and that's, you know, empathy and compassion, then if we zoom out more, we can, if we get on the spiritual level, we can see things from that level. We can look down, so to speak. I'll use the, that term and look at the earth. We can even learn to look at ourselves. That's an, um, an exercise that I've used in when I teach intuition. And so the perspective can be very, very different. And it feels to me that on the other side, there are all these levels of perspective that get more and more expansive. Mm-hmm. So... And again, on the highest levels, time doesn't exist. So it was already well, known what we were going to do you would, and what we're going to choose. Yeah, but Diane, okay, you come in and you have all this knowledge. Do people struggle with it? I mean, is there a struggle in life knowing that there's more or wanting to go back but being stuck here? Well, there's always going to be a struggle because what actually happens is even though at birth, those of us with these memories are in what I call our higher soul awareness. And we have this awareness, well, we're not omniscient, we don't have the absolute knowledge, but at some point after we're born, something triggers us to get into our human side. And it's usually some sort of pain, psychological pain, physical pain. I actually tried to avoid that. Because for the first two or three years of my life, I thought, you know, I thought, okay, I felt that I had already lived my life and I was sitting in a room watching it being projected on a screen. And as I was writing the book, I realized, oh, that was my way of trying to pretend that I wasn't here until I was bullied. Mm -hmm. And that got me into the human persona. So the human persona, as you know, we have our little psyche with our emotions and we have all our old stuff, the fears, the mindsets, you know, those those limiting things. We have our wants, we have our needs. That's all the human stuff. And then we have those of us with these memories have the higher soul awareness. So so we don't hang out there the whole time we just go back and forth between the human side of us and 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 where we'd really like to hang out you know in the higher soul awareness but no we can't escape that now maybe some people can you know i may be speaking prematurely because again i mean i have i have only delved into how many people 16 people you know so i don't know the totality yet yeah who knows if I'll get to know it while I'm well, here. Well, the re- reason why I ask is because with all that knowledge and then you realize that paradise is right across the veil, mm-hmm. what would stop somebody with that knowledge from, uh, and I'm just going to go say it, take their own life and go back? Well, actually, there are a couple of people in the book who were contemplating suicide when they were really, really little. And... You know, I was not one of them. Um, I think I was just so stupidly dutiful. That, you know, I, did, 
didn't. I, I mm-hmm. didn't. Um, but, but yes, they did. And I think, too, you know, I feel that things shift for us throughout our lives because one thing I, I've, I've seen as I interview people, we are the freshest with our spiritual awareness at birth shortly after birth and then you know we get into the human side and then we get affected by our culture and and the one example i used in in my account was i've always remembered this i didn't know it was a past life you know memory i thought it was this lifetime and then i remembered in my last lifetime i was a chanteuse in paris but when i went with the date you know, to see Romeo and, and, and Juliet, Zeffirelli's Romeo and Jul- Jul- uh, Juliet, beautiful, just beautiful film. And I'm sitting there in the theater with my date and I'm watching this and she is getting ready to commit suicide and she's struggling with it. And I'm sitting there watching it and I find myself thinking, oh, you don't struggle, you're just given, it's easy. And I caught myself short. I thought, okay, that means I really did die before. So I remembered from the time I was born that I had been here before, but I was affected by the culture. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that that thought came to mind as I was watching the film. I've I've also seen that for some of us in the teenage years, some of the people in the book kind of turn away from you know, the, the spiritual awareness because of wanting to fit in. And I think as adults, we are trying to find our way in the world. And I think we we start to really get back to it, you know, after our 20s or 30s. Yeah. So it's it's a mixed bag because we we are affected by our human side. We are affected by our culture, even though our our inner knowing from our memories at birth may contradict some of this stuff deep man hmm. wow eric weird <laughs> fascinating <laughs> fascinating stuff i'm gonna ponder all this i'm thinking about the similarities and differences we just recently had someone else who deals with uh past life regression we got into some of the same topics what i did want to i didn't want to miss though uh because of, of of what you do it sounds like most of the time is that you're an intuitive counselor. I'd love to hear about that a bit and what do you do and what does that mean and what is to be gained from being counseled intuitively. <laughs> Would you like that now? Yes, whip it on us. Oh, I thought we were going to break. Well, the the intuitive work came out of left field and it took over and my work, and I do regression with people too, my work it's like I have these different tools in the tool bag. And so it just depends on the client at the time and what the client is 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 needing. So a lot of people come to me for an intuitive session. And I always start off by reading a person's essence, who they uniquely are on the deepest level in this lifetime, underneath all the stuff layered on top. I and I won't I could go off on a tangent, but I won't. And And I look at whatever people want me to look at. I call it counseling because I am am helping people to unfold. So people will often say, oh, my God, they got all this insight out of the session. 
I've had people tell me that I've helped them transform their lives. Mm -hmm. I will make recommendations for unfolding that could be, you know, a modality I use like individualized guided meditation where we can go in and we can work on stuff from the past and we can really move energy. And so people go through shifts. It could be regression, dreams. I, I do the dream work. Sometimes I recommend, you know, other modalities that I that I don't do. It depends on the person and exactly where the person is at that point in their lives. And, you know, I've had positive feedback. I think it has to do with helping people unfold, gain self-confidence, really know who they are on, their, on the inside, their essence, and begin to embrace it. And mm -hmm. the changes that can come out of this is that people may change career path. They may sync themselves up to what their purpose is. They may decide to go back to school. They, yeah. you know, it all has to do with life improvement. And the life improvement comes from growth on the inside and, and spiritual, you know, spiritual teachings. I, I teach intuitive skills, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> well, interesting. Yeah, can you, that, how about, yeah. How, oh, go how ahead. about a case study? Can you, can you give us a specific case? I'd, I'd love to hear, just to be able to plug in the generalities into something specific. That would be wonderful. Well, you know, I can't divulge, you know, too much because of confidentiality, but, sure. but I've had, I've had some clients, a fascinating thing is, is I've had some clients for years who, you know, come to me for the information and I can tell they're not really ready to hear some things because they're not really ready to work on themselves. And then when I sense that they are, oh, I have a client, she is the loveliest, loveliest person, loveliest person. And, you know, a lot of self-doubts, but beautiful energy, gifted, and she is really kind of moving from doubting herself and the people-pleasing and not understanding interactions and being hurt by other people to, to really starting mm -hmm. to stand back and observe and really getting into what her knowing is and so this is starting to completely change the flavor of her life her experience of life because she's she's feeling less confused she's allowing herself to discern where other people are coming from and yeah. and, and whether she will give them permission to hurt her feelings um so that's just, you know, that's just one example. I and 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 with regression. I still remember doing a regression for one person once who 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 went to a pre-human experience lifetime humanoid. Wow, really? Well, the Never heck know was where that people like? Were gonna go. <laughs> it was, wow. It was it was fascinating. I, I would imagine pre-human, I mean, well, well, obviously there's there's much older planets than we are, so yes. I would imagine that there's been lives on these other planets that you know where they weren't human, and they were yes. alien, and, mm -hmm. and so I mean, to go from an alien to a human and then possibly to, to an alien again, wow, crazy stuff. It's wonderful stuff. It's wonderful stuff, and I know you know about all the 
the abductees and and these days and the research that's being done and some research is actually showing that a large percentage of people who have had you know ufo uh, et contact yeah have opened up spiritually they've had a spiritual awakening as a result so this is another i feel that we've been seeing a lot of seeding in the last 100 some years for people to be opening up spiritually. And that's just, I mean, near-death experiences obviously being, you know, one example. But the ET contact is another mechanism. Exactly. I I wonder if, uh, you know, ETs know more than we do. Maybe maybe they're more in the know. And and that's why they watch us as, what seems to be very closely is a, is a is a race to see how far we get with our with our experiences you know I mean what we do with it yeah i think um i think there are all sorts of gradations out there with other life forms i feel that in some areas planets whatever there are probably life forms that are just as screwed up as humans and not very advanced Mm -hmm. and i feel that there are other excuse me other life forms on other places that are way more advanced sure i I feel that it probably runs the gamut but i was gonna say the ones that are visiting us obviously have to have advanced technology we would like to think that their (laughs) their 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 culture their (laughs) their awareness well we may advance too (laughs) we we may not be top of the food chain when it comes to that and nowhere near close You know, so that would you know, be a great lesson for people. It, it, it really would be. It really would be uh, a great lesson for people to learn that hey, maybe we're not so special after all. <laughs> exactly. You know, maybe there's other races and planets out there that dwarf our knowing that we because we think we know everything. I mean, as as a you know society, we we think we know everything. Yes. But it's it's very interesting hearing you talk about this awareness uh, uh, from birth to uh, all the way through life, knowing that there's more to this whole thing. I, I would, I would have to say it could be distracting at the same time though, from living this life, knowing about the other lives. That's where I would have a hard time. I'd be distracted. Well, not really because our human side for all of us, because we have these, these, emotions and we have these survival needs and when those get activated for example if we're all of a sudden concerned worried about buying food paying the bills that guts us into the human side and we're not necessarily really on the higher soul level at that point if we have a relationship issue mm-hmm. you know dark night of the soul and we're struggling with something or if we're grieving you know, that's that's the human. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is absolutely the human. So, no, I mean, I would love to hang out in my higher soul awareness, but I bounce back and forth. And I think most of us do. And that's one point I make in the book because I have some recommendations in the book. And I also have a meditation for getting into the higher soul awareness. And I and I really emphasize if you are successful with the meditation and getting into your higher soul awareness, you remember you have to come back here because you still have your survival mm-hmm. needs. You can't just hang out there all the time. Would love to, though. Yeah, well, I would imagine. I would imagine. But, you know, we're almost out of time, aren't we, Eric? 
We are, and we need to know how people can get a hold of you and where they can find your book and uh, contact you. Oh, well, sure. My website is dianebrandon.com, D-I-A-N-E-B-R-A-N-D-O-N. It has contact information on there, information about sessions, etc. And my book, Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth, will be officially coming out on July 8th. It will be available on Amazon. I saw yesterday there were already copies on Amazon. Oh, very cool. Uh, Barnes & Noble doesn't have them in yet. If you have a local metaphysical, you know, new age store, they should be able to get it in. So bookstores online. And... I'm not invisible. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, people can reach out to you and talk to you. Absolutely. If they Absolutely. have these um, these feelings and thoughts and this awareness, you'd love to hear from them. Yes, yes. And I'm also available, obviously, for, you know, for private sessions. And I also teach intuition, not just in classes, but one-on-one lessons. I've, I've done some private coaching on that as well so very very cool well diane thanks so much for coming on the show again pick up that copy you're gonna want to get born a born aware stories and insights from those spiritually aware since birth coming out officially this july pick up a copy you're gonna love it you're gonna learn a whole lot about about the spiritual side of yourself so until then take care of each other love each other and uh you know this is me and eric signing off Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Hours AM. And please remember to like us on Facebook and also follow us over on Twitter. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.